RTHK, the news at 11 o'clock with Andrew Sharofsky. Tonight's headlines, Cafe Pacific passenger numbers top the million mark for the first time in three years. ICAC says eight more people have been charged over suspected bribery in connection with the third runway project. And the CEO of iCable says there are no plans to lay off staff. Cathay Pacific's passenger numbers surged last month, hitting the one million mark for the first time since the start of the pandemic three years ago. And the airline says it'll further boost its flight capacity in the coming months to meet higher demand, as Violet Wong reports. January was a good month for Hong Kong's flag carrier. Cathay Pacific says the number of passengers it carried hit the one million mark. That's 40 times more than about 25,000 a year ago. The airline says the traffic figures showed positive signs thanks to an increase in demand for flights to the mainland following the resumption of quarantine-free travel in early January. Cathay added that travel sentiment was high over the Lunar New Year period later in the month, with Japan, Bangkok and Singapore being the most popular destinations. The airline carried an average of more than 33,000 passengers per day last month, up from about 26,000 in December last year. Cathay also says it's working hard to further boost its flight capacity over the coming months, as demand for flights to and from the mainland is expected to grow. Meanwhile, the tourism boss says half a million visitors came to Hong Kong in January, triple the figure from the month before. It says apart from those with essential travel needs such as overnight stopover, family visits or business trips, the city has also seen an increase in the number of leisure visitors. And provisional visitor figure, uh, visitor arrival figures for people coming to Hong Kong have tripled in the space of a month, reaching 500,000 in January. The Tourism Board says the daily average tally in January went up to about a tenth of that in 2019. The ICAC says eight more people have been charged over suspected bribery in connection with the third runway project at the airport. The Graftbuster said they were suspected of accepting, offering, and handling bribes, totaling $4.3 million over subcontracts and material purchase orders. The cases came to light in August last year, and 32 people have been arrested so far. Joan Wong is a senior investigator with the ICAC. After our case turnover, we have been maintaining close liaison with the airport authority on, on how to improve the procedures. And our corruption prevention departments have given a lot of different a list of uh, proposals on how to improve the tendering and other works uh, procedures. The CEO of iCable Communications, Stephen Wong, says there are no plans to lay off any staff following the firm's decision to end its pay TV service from June the 1st. Speaking on RTHK, Mr. Wong said they were hiring and investing as they expand their free TV service and online content. But lawmaker Lam Chun Singh from the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labor Unions called for more information. We hope the iCable will announce more details on their arrangement on their employees, especially whether they will dismiss all their employees or they can transfer some of their employees to another department or other business which is related to the iCable and other company. Uh, we hope that the iCable can announce more details and to uh, maintain the morale of the employees and let their employees have more understanding about their future. 
China says it will take countermeasures against American entities that undermine Chinese sovereignty. That's according to Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin, after the United States shot down a Chinese balloon off the coast of South Carolina earlier this month and said it would sanction six Chinese companies. Mr. Wong said Beijing will take countermeasures against relevant U.S. entities that undermine China's sovereignty and security in accordance with the law. And now for the weather, mainly fine and dry apart from cloudy periods overnight. Rather cool tomorrow morning. The minimum temperature will be about 14 degrees in the urban areas and a couple degrees lower in the new territories. The maximum temperature will be around 19 degrees during the day. Moderate to fresh east to northeasterly winds occasionally strong offshore tomorrow. The outlook mainly fine on Friday, still cool in the morning, and temperatures will rise over the weekend. The temperature right now is 16 degrees Celsius with the relative humidity 65 You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The government says it won't make it a condition that people who benefit from publicly funded talent retention measures remain in Hong Kong for future career development. This came from Labor Minister Chris Sun in reply to a question by Business and Professional Alliance lawmaker Jimmy Ng, who noted that the local workforce had shrunk by about 140,000 in the past two years. Damon Pang reports. Mr. Ng asked whether the administration would encourage various industries to introduce talent retention schemes, like the hospital authority's low-interest home loans for doctors, and if terms could be set to make beneficiaries stay in the SAR. In a written reply, the Secretary for Labour and Welfare said an evaluation of the effectiveness of the HA's efforts to keep hold of staff could be shared with various government bureaus so that different industries can make use of the information. But Mr Sun said officials have no plans to set terms to ensure people who benefit from retention schemes remain in the territory. He said talent trails opportunity, adding that as long as Hong Kong maintains its competitiveness and provides local talents, particularly young ones, with promising prospects and potential, they will choose to stay. Mr Ng also asked about government efforts to mend the social rift in society to create what he described as a relatively relaxed and tolerant political environment so that talented Hong Kongers don't leave. In response to that, Mr Sun said the chief executive will continue to lead efforts to unite and motivate all sectors of the community, resolve economic and livelihood conflicts, develop a sense of national identity and strengthen communication with the people. The government says only motorists who have made advance reservations will be allowed to park at the Hung Yun Wai car park from Friday. That's part of a multi-pronged approach to tackle parking space shortages at the border checkpoint, as Kelly Yu reports. A government spokesman said the registration system will go back online from midnight on Friday for drivers to sign up for parking spaces, and those who have not done so will no longer be accepted into the car park. The spokesman also said parking fees will be increased, with the hourly rate going up to $15, the daily rate rising to $150, and the overnight fees increasing to $80. Overtime charges will also go up. The new rates will take effect on February the 24th. The government says it will continue to review the developments of the area and the demand for parking spaces, so as to consider the need for increasing supply of permanent public parking spaces. Some cross-border travellers who had planned to park their vehicles at the Hung Yun Wai site last weekend were told to turn away because other motorists had overstayed their time in the car park. 
Authorities later suspended the booking system for a review, saying some drivers had abused the arrangement and had not moved their cars despite the expiration of their reserved time slots. The government says it still plans to introduce its new electronic toll payment system at Cross Harbor Tunnels this summer and the rest of its tunnels before the end of the year. That's despite the more than two-month delay to the start of the rollout of its Hong Kong e-toll scheme at the Qingsa Control Area of the Eagle's Nest Tunnel after motorists and lawmakers complained that this month's planned launch had been too hasty. Transport Commissioner Rosanna Law apologized, saying authorities would boost publicity about the new system. She also told Vicky Wong that Hong Kong e-toll could be made compulsory in future. Up to now, today, we have over 450,000 vehicles already being issued a tax. That is well over 50% of all vehicles licensed in Hong Kong. Second of all, we selected the Qingsa control area as the first tunnel to launch Hong Kong e-toll. That was because it is a tunnel with a relatively low traffic flow. It's only 60,000 per day. So when we announced the launch date of Hong Kong e-toll at Qingsa last week, we already had over 300,000 vehicles being issued a tag. That was well above the usage. But of course, now that vehicle owners would all like to have the security of knowing that they already had a toll in hand and not just those frequently using Qingsa control area, we find that it is responsible and it is also desirable to allow a lot more time for vehicle owners to complete the procedures. And uh, will HKE toll be compulsory in the future for all drivers? Right now, it is not compulsory. Vehicle owners have the choice between having a vehicle tag, which is the most convenient way. If they do not want to tie their vehicle to a particular tag, they can buy a class tag. And ultimately, they can also select not to have a tag for the time being because they could also do payment in a rear within 14 working days after they go past the tunnel. However, in the enabling legislation for Hong Kong Ito, we have inserted a provision saying that in future, there is a power for the government to mandate the compulsory use of electronic payment device for tunnel payment. Transport Commissioner Rosanna Law speaking to Vicky Wong. The Consumer Council has called on dehumidifier manufacturers to provide more transparent and precise information about the performance of their products after finding that some don't work as well as claimed. It also found that air filters supplied with some models significantly affect their performance and energy consumption. Frank Young has more. The council tested 14 dehumidifiers and found that the dehumidifying capacity of six of them was lower than claimed by between 0.6 and 5.3 percent. In addition, the ability of two of them to remove moisture was significantly reduced after the air filters that came with them were fitted. The machines, made by Whirlpool and Zanussi, both have Grade 1 energy labels, indicating they are among the most energy-efficient models available. But the consumer watchdog said they failed to live up to their rating with the air filter on. In response, Zanussi said the filter is complimentary and people can choose not to install it. But Nora Tam, who chairs the council's research and testing committee, said ordinary people are likely to use the air filter that come with their dehumidifiers. She said at the very least, more clarity is needed. 
if you give them something which will affect the energy efficiency and the delivery capacity, it should be mentioned to the consumer somewhere in your leaflet or in your label. And particularly, if the energy efficiency label will drop from one to two or even to four, that's a very, very important information because that will cost you more money uh, when you want to make your room drier. Separately, the Consumer Council noted that manufacturers had not stopped using their own test environment to measure the performance levels of their products, despite repeated calls for them to use the so-called standard environment. Its chief executive, Gilly Wong, said this made it difficult for ordinary people to compare things like energy efficiency. She said the watchdog will continue to press its plea for this to change. China plans to resume issuing short-term visas for travelers from South Korea on Saturday. Its embassy in Seoul announced that from February the 18th, short-term visas will be issued for Korean citizens to visit China for business, transit, and other private affairs. The move follows Seoul's decision to lift similar visa curbs last week, citing an improved COVID-19 situation on the mainland. Overseas now, Scotland's first minister is resigning. Nicola Sturgeon has led the Scottish National Party, which wants Scotland to separate from the rest of the UK, for more than eight years. She told a news conference it was the right time to make way for someone else and insisted her decision was not prompted by short-term pressures. The nature and form of modern political discourse means that there is a much greater intensity, dare I say it, brutality to life as a politician than in years gone by. And actually, for a long time, without it being apparent, it takes its toll on you and on those around you. And if that is true in the best of times, it has been more so in recent years. Ms Sturgeon has faced criticism recently for supporting reforms to gender laws. Some in her party party also want a more radical stance on breaking away from the UK. U.S. retail sales in the United States rebounded in January on improving automobile supply. The Commerce Department said sales rose by 3% last month to $697 billion U.S. dollars after two months of contraction. The figure beat analysts' expectations. Hong Kong's triathlon team says they are looking forward to the Asia Triathlon Cup now that most pandemic restrictions have been lifted. It takes place next week, uh, sorry, next Saturday in Taipo. Oscar Coggins, Hong Kong's best ever finisher in an Olympic triathlon competition, said the pandemic had hampered their training. Firstly, I would say, like, personally, um, and I think this is for all athletes as well, it was very difficult to compete. Um, for people, you know, at, in the national team level, obviously it was very hard to travel. A lot of international events were cancelled. And, you know, as an athlete, we kind of, we train to compete. Like, we don't just keep training for no reason. So the inability to compete in our sport makes it quite hard to motivate yourself and also just to kind of tell where you are um, in, t- in comparison to everyone else. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Cathay Pacific passenger numbers topped the million mark for the first time in three years. The ICAC says eight more people have been charged over suspected bribery in connection with the third runway project. And the CEO of iCable says there are no plans to lay off staff. And that's the news, sports, and weather from RTHK. RTHK. Radio 3 Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark 
the end of day I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time 11.15pm here in Hong Kong And it is time for Twilight Time Mondays to Fridays, 45 minutes of music Just to chill out and relax As usual, a good mixture for you tonight Between now and midnight Including Billy Vaughan, Doris Day, The Platters, Jimmy Durante And the one to start us off tonight Is a song called What's Your Name? Together Twilight time What's your 